Praise the Lord. Good to be here, everybody. How many of you brought your praise this morning? Anybody here want to praise the Lord today? You're thankful for what God has done in your life? I want to uh, just say I'm honored to be here, and uh, I wish that Pastor Eric and Rhina and the children will have a wonderful vacation. It's great for pastors to get away. Uh, I am, uh, as, as Josh mentioned, lead a group of pastors in the area, and I'll tell you what, pastors can get discouraged. They can get stressed. They, they have their own issues. And so you pray for your pastor. He's a human being. I'm a human being. And we're doing our best sometimes, and it is stressful at times. Right now, I am enjoying my retirement, by the way. Praise God. And uh, I, uh, I, I'm really, I, I, I don't know what it was about um, working so many years. Just work, work, work. I worked up into my 70s before I finally retired. And uh, I found it hard to relax. I found it hard to just sit in a chair in the backyard and like do nothing. I, I just, it was like, I don't know, I felt guilty. Something was pushing me. And I finally decided that wasn't God. And uh, with the help of my wife, I've been learning to relax and enjoy myself. And they say that with, if you can handle stress in your life, you're gonna live longer. So I'm all for relaxing, take a moment to smell the roses, get some fresh air, and enjoy your life. Is, is anybody with me? Do, do you want to enjoy your life and uh, live long? Praise God. I'm also going to, I got to tell you what, uh, if you're watching by TV, God bless you, or by video, bless you, but I I'm a pastor, those of you who know me, I like to move around. I, I'm more likely to walk down the aisle, end up over there, over there. And Pastor Maria, I don't know, you're either my best new friend, uh, but she told me, don't move this morning. I, they, I, I said, I think you should have put a chain on here, put it around my ankle or something, because it's hard for me not to get down and see the whites of your eyes. I don't know how that works, but anyway... I want you to know, and I want you to pray with me, because I have a goal in mind, and my goal is to live to be 120 years old. <laughs> Praise God. Now, I am enjoying life. I have a beautiful wife, Gail. Gail, turn around, look at the people, let them see how beautiful you are. Praise God. And uh, we just celebrated. Uh, she was a widow, and I was a widower. And uh, we just celebrated our eighth anniversary. And I got to tell you, we are having a heaven of a time. We are enjoying ourselves. We're loving each other. I tell people we're on an extended honeymoon. Praise God. And if you want to live long, get the battlegrounds over and get to a place where you can enjoy each other, love each other, and live a long life, praise God. Now, I predicate my, my faith in living long on a couple of things. One, because I believe we're in a new season with the Lord, and I believe that people in general are going to live longer. So, secondly is, I believe that I can live long if I believe it. See, if, if, if you believe First of all, you're going to have to start enjoying life, number one. And if you, because if you don't enjoy life, you're not going to want to live long. And you'll tell your body that. But I've decided I'm going to live long. Uh, Moses was 80 when he got called into the ministry. 
He was 80 when he got called into the ministry. Imagine that. Boy, I'm still just a kid then, praise God. I also believe that 70 is the new 30 and 80 is the new 40, praise God. So I am just setting myself up. Talk about mental wellness. I'm just setting myself up to live a long life, praise God, and enjoy myself along the way. So just, just stand with me as we pray for that, praise God. Um, today, I, I want to, did I ask you to stand? Oh, I just, no, no, you can sit down. I, I, I just meant agree with me, not stand with me. I like, stand in agreement with me. Okay, so you're all, praise God. This is a good audience, hallelujah. I love you, praise the Lord. I, I want you to know that I happen to believe this following, and this is true of all of you. In the book of Galatians, it tells us if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're not to be religious in the sense that you're just going about obeying all the rules. That's not living the Christian life. Living the Christian life is living in a relationship with Jesus, a loving relationship with Jesus where you love him and you are allowing yourself to be loved by him. So I am living, as the song said, I'm living in uh, the blessings of God's goodness day by day. I sense the Lord's, I don't have to be, quote, a reverend or have credentials to walk in a relationship with Jesus, and neither do you. Allow the Lord to love you. Allow the Lord to walk with you. Allow the Lord to be with you each step of the day. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Day by day, I find fresh grace from God, fresh life from God, fresh revelation from God. I see his beauty in the sky. I see his beauty in the flowers. I see his beauty in the birds of the air. Hallelujah. I see his beauty in other people. So wherever I go, God goes with me. And that means I walk in the blessings of God because the Bible says if you believe in the Lord, you are like Abraham. You're an heir of God, an heir of the Father. You have an inheritance in God. Your inheritance is eternal life and eternal blessings. And right now you can walk in those blessings and in that inheritance. So enjoy your inheritance while it's there for you. You are beloved of the Lord. You are blessed of the Lord. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor right now and just say to him, you're blessed in the Lord. Go ahead. Tell, tell somebody, you are blessed in the Lord. Hallelujah. Not everybody believes it. Not everybody's a believer like that. But, but believe you're blessed and that God's going to bless you and that you're walking in the blessings of the Lord. Well, the second thing that comes with the, with the, being an heir like Abraham, Abraham was told, you're going to be blessed of the Lord in all that you do. In all your life, you'll be blessed of the Lord, number one. Number two, he said, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. Wow. And that's just not for pastors. Every Christian, your goal in life is not only to walk in the blessings of God, but to be a blessing to your fellow man. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Say, I want you to say this to yourself right now. You can say it out loud if you want. You can say, I am a blessing. See, God has a purpose for your life. And it is be a blessing to your fellow man. In fact, you can even be a blessing to your enemies. You can be a blessing to your friends. You can be a blessing to strangers. You can be a blessing wherever you go. When you walk in the room, you are bringing the blessing, praise God. Because your attitude is that I'm going to love people like Jesus loved me. And that's what my message is all about this morning. It's entitled, Walking in Love, is the title of the message today. I got this message because I was concerned about the state of our country. I was concerned about the state of the church. I was concerned about the state of people. So many are fussing with one another. Our country seems to be polarized, people arguing with one another. Even different within Christianity, some people believe this, some people believe that. We've had all this stuff with COVID. We've had racial tensions and, and ethnic tensions uh, among different groups in our country. We have, we've had contentious political uh, things. With, I'm not going to even get into Democrats and Republicans, conservatives and liberals. I'm not going to get into it today because you can't even talk about it without somebody getting upset or getting argumentative or thinking they're right. And, they're, and I'm not going to try to prove anybody right. As far as I'm concerned, the only one who's right is Jesus. Praise God. And we're Christians, and our primary goal is to follow Jesus in our lives, is it not? It's so. Walking in love is a title. And here's what the Bible says. He says this. I, 2 John 1, 6. I don't know where the slide is that has it. There we go. Is that it? Okay. Yes. I ask, John said this in the book of 2 John. It's a little book in your New Testament. He said, I ask that we love one another. Simple request. As you've heard from the beginning, in other words, this is not a new teaching. You learn this in Sunday school. You learn this when you're a little kid in, in church. One of the principles of Christianity is love. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. Okay, say those words with me. Walk in love. In other words, our walk through life ought to be a walk of love, not of bitterness, hatred, anger, frustration, and all of this. But we should see ourselves as people who walk in love towards our fellow man and towards others in the church, in our families, outside of church. It's a command that we walk in love. In fact, Jesus said it in a number of ways. He said in John 13, 34, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Now, here we go. As I have loved you, that you love one another. And you can go to that next slide. I want to talk to you about this slide right here. Oh, I moved. Are lasers going to come out and shoot me or something if I, you know, like, okay. All right. 
Sacred love will transform our speech, convert our actions, and inspire our worship. John Woolman, 1720 to 1772. John Woolman was a Quaker, a type of Christian, who committed his life to God and committed his life to Jesus. He got saved as a teenager. He gave his heart to Jesus, what we would say, gave his heart to Jesus. It touched him that Jesus had died on the cross for him. Forgive him his sins. He had some rough years in his teenage years. He got away from God. He was a little contentious with his parents and didn't show them the obedience and respect that they deserved. But then he got saved. And for him, religion consisted of being in his heart that he loved Jesus. He received the forgiveness and the love that Jesus demonstrated for him on the cross. And he called that sacred love, holy love. That God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. But it struck John Woolman that Jesus had died for him. It wasn't just he died for mankind, he died for me. If I were to tell you my testimony today, I would tell you that I was touched by the Lord. I was an angry and a bitter and a frustrated young man. And I found Jesus when I was 30 years old. And he came into my heart and filled me with love and filled me with his glory, filled me with his presence in a way that was transformational. It changed my life changed my life. In, in age 30, I, made, I said to the Lord, well, here's what I want to do. I want to know more about you, Lord. And I want to follow you. And I want to I find out what your will is for my life and what your purposes are for my life. And then I want to live that life all the days of my life. And here I am at my age. I'm still doing it. It's why I believe I can live a long life because I got the Lord going alongside of me every day of my life. At most hours of my life, I'm thinking of the Lord and enjoy his presence in my life. Praise God. And John Woolman called this sacred love. And he said, knowing that love, receiving that love, accepting that love, Living in that love will transform the way you talk, transform the way you walk, transform the way you, you deal with other people, you relate to other people. Ah, sacred love. Next slide. God's love is a sacred love for all, and we must exercise the same. Now, friends, this book by John Woolman, he wrote a book called John Woolman's Journal. It was really a, his notes, his journal that he kept while he was doing ministry and the things he believed in. Listen to me. That book is still in print today. It's the oldest book in North America in the English language that has still been continuously in print since the 1750s. The, the only book, it's on the Harvard University list of the 20 top books that you should have in your library because it talks about sacred love transforming us and making us better people. 
See, if Jesus changed me and he touched me when I was a sinner, my job is not to go out and judge sinners. My job is to go out and love people like Jesus loved me. It's a sacred thing. If God so loved you, then you need to so love others. So John Woolman went in his day to the American Indians. And believe it or not, in those days, the western frontier of the United States was western Massachusetts in 1720. And there were wars with the Indians. The Indians were considered dangerous. And he said, I'm going to go into the camp. And he went into the Indian encampments. And he said, I'm going to love them like Jesus loved me. And he went out among the Indians and he ministered to them and he loved them. You know what he did? Now, this is the one that really gets me. He believed that you needed to show every single individual dignity, respect. Treat them as a creation of Almighty God. Every single person, no matter the color of their skin, no matter what ethnic group they belong to, no matter if they look different than you, dress different than you, act different than you, you needed to show them sacred love. The same love that Jesus showed me, I need to show to my fellow man. He went among the African Americans who were slaves. And in those days, there were rules in the white community about not going, not teaching black people to read. or not. He started a school in the black community. He treated every single person like they were a child of God, a creation of God, and deserving respect, deserving honor, and deserving dignity. Can I tell you this morning, the problem with America today is there's too much division and not enough love. We need to love each other. We need to respect each other. We need to honor every single other individual as though they're a creation of God, deserving the same sacred love that God showed us. This will transform our country, brothers and sisters. This will transform our neighborhood. It'll transform our families. It'll transform who we are and how we behave. Now, I'm going to share with you this morning just some basic principles about how you can walk in love, all right? Are you okay? Are you with me today? Praise God. Number one, a way to walk in love is to show kindness. Hello. To be kind. I got a verse for this. Let's look up that next slide, which should show the verse. Okay. And be kind to one another. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. See, sacred love. God forgave you. God was tender-hearted towards you. He was kind to you and gracious to you. Now, it's a sacred trust that if God has done that for you and transformed your life, that you be a blessing to others and you be kind to other people, be tender-hearted towards one another, forgiving one another, even as Jesus has forgiven you. Praise the Lord. I'll tell you what, this is transformational. If you want to be a blessing, you're going to have to be nice to people. Now listen, 
the last few years, I, I know a lot of people have been frustrated with this, angry about that. I've seen the postings on social media. I've seen family members getting in each other's faces. I've seen people in the church getting in each other's faces over different issues. And all the while, the Bible hasn't changed. Ephesians 4.32 is still there. We're supposed to be kind. They'll know you're Christian by your love, not because you're right. Not because you're angry. Not because you feel like you're superior. They'll know you're Christian because you love others. Praise God. I really believe that we need a sweeping revival of love in our country. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, we need to love one another, love our neighbors, love those who are different than us, be kind and tender-hearted. praise God. Now, as I was preparing this message, uh, the Lord shared something with me that I've got to tell you about today. The Lord said, if you're going to go out and be kind, you're going to have to smile. Hello. You're going to have to smile. So, can I ask you to do something? Would you smile at me? Go ahead, let's smile. Now, turn to your neighbor right now. Turn to somebody right now. I want you to smile at him. Go ahead. Turn to your neighbor and smile at him. Girls, don't worry. He's not hitting on you. He's just doing what Pastor Howard said. Just turn and uh, look at your neighbor and smile. Now, here's what I found out. Gail and I, we go to, one of the things we do is we go to the gym, we work out, try to stay in shape, and uh, we do strength training, and they got all these machines for exercising virtually every muscle in your body. But guess what? They don't have a machine for your facial muscles. But they say it takes like 12 to 14 muscles to smile. So a lot of people haven't exercised those muscles in a long time, and they tend to go out. And if you're like me, my default position is um, not smiling. I, I tend to, if I just am not allowing myself to smile, or if I don't consciously uh, um, smile, my default position is kind of serious. And I've had people in this church, I pastored there 15 years, I'd have people told me, Pastor Howard, I was scared of you. This is when I'm about to retire. You know, I've been, a, I've been afraid of you for 10 years. Yeah, I, what? And it's only because when I don't smile, I look very serious. And I have somewhat, I did spend some years in the army. I have a little military background, maybe a little bit of militaristic bearing to me. And somebody said, oh, you look very authoritative. And I remember somebody walked in my office at one time and when they came in, they said, oh, I feel like I'm getting called in the principal's office. What did I do wrong? And I said, I just want to talk to you. I'm serious. And so uh, if we're going to walk in love, we need to smile. Let's do that one more time. Let's look at each other. Turn around, turn around, smile at the person. Oh, you're looking at the back of their head, aren't you? Praise God. But just take a moment to smile. All right. Remember to smile. You're not going to win anybody by going up with a stern look at your face and say, you know, you need Jesus in your life. I don't think you're going to win any hearts over with that. Or, you know, you know you're doing that wrong. And if you don't stop doing that, you're gonna, there's a place you're going to go and you're not going to like it. I don't think you're going to win anybody that way. But if you say, you know, the Lord has touched my life, and I believe he could touch your life too. We have a God in heaven who loves us, and he cares for us. You're going to win them more with sugar 
than you are with vinegar, brothers and sisters. Praise God. Work on the smiling bit. I'll be, I'll be moving around after service. I'll be checking on you. And when I encounter you, I expect you to smile at me. Okay, praise. Okay, number two, we're going to pray for other people. Praise God. Uh, <laughs> Let's look at the verse that goes with this. Next slide. The verse, Ephesians 6.18. Okay, there we go. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of God's people. Here, be alert. When you're ready to get angry at somebody, why not stop and say, wait a minute, I don't need to go in the anger thing right now. I should pray for them. Because if they're angry or they're upset or they're not behaving well, I don't know what's going on in their life, but they may need some prayer. Maybe they had a rough childhood. Maybe they had difficulties that I'm not aware of. They're the, the way they are for a reason. And the best thing I could do is pray that the Holy Spirit would touch them, would touch their hearts, would touch their mind, would touch their soul, and make a difference in their life. It's like, be alert, be careful. Be attentive, be mindful. That when you're ready to, to, to ignore somebody or, or criticize somebody or, or put somebody down or judge somebody, that instead you pray for them. Keep praying for all of God's people. And then if you want to talk to somebody, they look like they're having a bad day or they look like they're, you can, I'm going to talk to you about interacting with other human beings. The five best words that you can say, and you can put the next slide up as, can I pray for you? Can I pray? Say it with me. Can I pray for you? Let's say it again. Can I pray for you? Five simple words. Can I pray for you? If you ask people if you can pray for them, they will seldom say no. There's, I can tell you this in my life. Nine out of ten times I ask somebody, can I pray for you? They say yes. Or they say, well, I'm not sure or something. But they said, look, it, it's simple. I'm not going to pray a long prayer. But I'm a pastor. I'm a Christian. I just like to pray a prayer and connect you with God. Can I pray for you? And they say yes. I was in Stop and Shop here in Bristol. And it was a, a Valentine's Day a few years back when I was still pastoring here I went to buy my wife a bouquet of flowers to bring home that day. And uh, when I went into the floral department, the woman in there on Valentine's, you, you should have seen. The, I mean, she was loaded up with flowers, cuttings on the floor. She looked harried. She looked worried. She looked worn out. And, and it was only like midday, and I knew she had the rest of the day. It's the busiest day of the year for them in the floral department. And I said to her, I, I forget what her name tag was, Mary, let's say. I said, Mary, how are you doing today? And she said, it's really busy. It's so hard. This is, I got so much to do today. I said, well, can I pray for you? See, five simple words. Can I pray for you? And she looked at me like, like taking back. I said, it's okay. I, I'm not going to pray a long prayer. I'm not going to interrupt you long. I just want to know if I can pray for you. And she said, well, I guess so. I said, well, put your hand here on the counter. She put her hand, I just put my hand on hers. And I said, Lord, bless Mary and have her have a good day. 
I pray in Jesus' name, amen. And you know what? I smiled at her. She got a smile on her face. She said, thank you. That made me feel better. I think I got an extra strength to get through my day. Brothers and sisters, can I tell you that ministry opportunity await you all over the place. If you just see somebody who's having a hard day, you say to them, can I pray for you? You look like you're not, maybe not doing so well today. Can I pray for you? You will find doors open left and right. Praise God. I had a, another experience over in New Britain at the, at the McDonald's over there, going through the drive-thru at McDonald's. You know, I'm living to a long life, and so one of the things I've had to swear off of is French fries. French fries. <laughs> they say French fries aren't good for you. They've got lots of fats and oils and all kinds of things. And Unfortunately, like rated the number one food in the world are McDonald's French fries. And so I, uh, this time I was not telling my wife, I was sneaking over to the, on the way home to get a bag of fries from McDonald's in New Britain. And I pull up at the drive-through and I put in my order for fries. And I felt just as I was getting done there and driving up to the window, the Lord said, I talked to this woman at the counter about God. I just felt the Holy Spirit say that. I got up to the window and I said, uh, to the woman, do you have God in your life? She started to cry immediately. And I said, do you have God in your life? I said, why are you asking me? I said, because I felt the Holy Spirit told me to ask you. I said, not, you're not going to believe this. I've been struggling with my faith recently. And I'm really discouraged. And I don't know where to go to church. And, 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 and I said, Lord... If you're really real, have somebody come up to me today and ask me about God and talk to me about God. She said, I just prayed that 30 seconds ago, and then you came up to the window asking me about the Lord. And I said, well, I want you to have God in your life. Yes, he's real. He's alive. Praise God. And he loves you, and he's got a plan for your life. Can I pray for you? Five words. And she said, yes, I took her hand and I said, bless her, God, you're real, show her your love, show her a good church, maybe it's Bethel over in Bristol, praise God. And then, and I said, God bless you, now give me my fries, I'm out of here, hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. Well, ministry awaits you, church, if you're going to be a blessing, five important words that opens up doors of ministry all over the place can I pray for you. Okay, next point is this one. Let's put the next slide up. Love others the way you love yourself. <laughs> well, what are you saying, Pastor Howard? It's one of the greatest commands. Love God with all your heart and soul and love others the way you love yourself. Put up the next slide that shows that verse, please. Do we have that? No. The second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. Maybe you have to go back a slide. Praise the Lord. Okay, never mind. Uh, okay, all right, we'll stick with this one. Um, treat others the way you want to be treated. I walked in here this morning, and because I pastored here 15 years, a lot of the people, guess what? They smiled when they saw me. 
Oh, Pastor Howard, so great to see you. Don't you like it when somebody you know, some friend smiles at you? Oh, so good to see you. So good. And maybe offers to give you a hug or something. Isn't that great? And that's the way I like to be treated. And uh, so the, the rule of thumb here is treat other people the way you want to be treated. You see somebody who's a little nervous, a little shy, don't know what to do. You go over and say, can I help you? Can, and most of the time, they just want to know where the bathroom is. It's really simple. They say the number one question, people come to church, they walk through the door, first question, where are the bathroom, bathrooms? And you can help people just by showing them where the bathrooms are. There's one right there. Oh, thank you so much, praise God. You can be a help to people. You made a big mistake. You said some things you shouldn't have said. You got angry and lost your temper and said things you really didn't mean. How do you want the other person to treat you? Would you rather have that person say, Howard, you've been having a bad day today? What's going on? Can I pray for you? Rather than judge you and condemn you. That's the way you would want to be treated. You don't want people to remember your bad things, to remember the things you did wrong. You want them to see you in a good light and treat you in a good light. And sacred love says that's the way we should treat others. Walking in a way that shows others the love of God through us and treating others the way we would like to be treated. Okay, let's go to the next slide. Number four in my list of ways to walk, uh, walk in love is to show patience. Hallelujah. Anybody here ever pray to have more patience? Anybody here guilty of being impatient? Come on, let me see the hands. How many uh, say, I, I need patience and I need it now? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I got to tell you what, every time, I, you may have heard me say this before, every time I come here, Interstate 84, Interstate 91, I need patience on the highways. People are cutting me off. To, to, yesterday, I was on I-91, people coming on my right. I was going 65 miles an hour, the stated speed limit. Do you think anybody else in this world is going 65 miles an hour anymore? No. 80 seems to be it. But I'm not even 80 years old yet, but they're going over 80. And they're not going to live long if they keep going like that. I'm telling you. And at one point, I had guys zooming by on the left. Zooming, I mean, girls too, zooming by on the left. And I said, wow, Gail Dima's been going 85, and then one comes by on the right. Zoom, zoom. I got to tell you what, I'm a Vietnam veteran, combat, in combat, people shooting at me, grenades going off. But it's more dangerous to drive on I-91 in Connecticut in 2022. Oh, wait, wait, what's my point? Oh, show patience. I'm sorry. Oh, God, God, do I need your help? I need your help, Lord. Patient people bear with one another. Oh, okay. I don't know what they're going to. Maybe they, the wife's pregnant and she's got to get her to the hospital. I don't know. We don't know the battles others are facing. We don't know why, what causes other people to do what they do. Patience is a virtue. The verse is Ephesians 4, 2, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Wow. Let me say that verse again. Be completely humble 
and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another. There's that sacred love again. See, sacred loves make us patient. And we need to ask God for his help. We need the Holy Spirit to help us. I don't always have the patience I need. And I'm saying, Lord, give me patience right now. Lord, I don't know why. I don't like what's happening. I don't like what's going down. I don't like what I'm hearing. But Lord, give me patience and help me keep my mouth shut. Because it's when we get impatient that we say things we shouldn't say. And then we got to ask the other person to treat us like we want to be treated and to forgive us for saying things we shouldn't have said, but we said them because we were impatient. Humility. Not thinking we're better than, recognizing that others might be going through things that maybe we've gone through in the past. So be patient. Number five is the hardest one. Love your enemies. Wow. Okay, 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 okay. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. Yep, I'm going to go here. I don't like that this verse is in the Bible any more than you do, but it's there. Not everyone in your life is a friend. Some become your enemies for, I've had people tell me, I don't like you. And I said, how could that be? <laughs> I couldn't understand that. But we don't know their perspective. Maybe I remind them of somebody from their past. Maybe they don't like the color of my hair. Oh, uh, the, the color of the hair I used to have. Jesus said, uh, let's look at the verse, Matthew 5, 44. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Ooh, ooh. People who even do bad things to us, we're supposed to love them. And we can do it by praying for them first, being patient with them second, and then saying, Lord, help me love this son of a gun. I'm having a hard time here, but help me. You need divine love, sacred love, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. I'll tell you what, some, some people need an anointing of the Spirit of love more than they need spiritual gifts and, because this is a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. That's in the category of patience. Gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and self-control. Hallelujah. The fruit of the Spirit. That comes from having the Holy Spirit in you. Love your enemies. It's a hard one to swallow, brothers and sisters, but God asks us to do it. Okay, let's look at the next slide, which is, um, I don't know, it's, you got the slide there that has all five of the things listed on there? Number one, show kindness. Here, I'm going to go over my points. Number two, pray for others. Number three, love others as yourself. Number four, show patience. And number five, love your enemies. In the Bible's a story about Jesus going to Jericho near the end of his life here on earth. And it was a little guy named Zacchaeus. How many of you know this story? Some of you know this story. A short guy, he was a local tax collector. The most hated guy in Jericho. The tax collector. Nobody liked him. And yes, he cheated people. He charged them extra. 
and to line his own pockets. Nobody liked this guy. But he wanted to see Jesus, so he climbed up in a tree. And Jesus reaches the point where the tree is, and he looks up and he says, Zacchaeus, I want to come to your house today. Now, brothers and sisters, it says that the people standing nearby began to murmur because Zacchaeus came down and took Jesus to his home. And the Bible tells us that the people were, were uh, uh, murmuring among, why is he going to his house? He, uh, you know, Jesus comes to town and all of us, we, and he's going to go to his house? That scumbag? Yes, and Jesus went there. And guess what? Zacchaeus said, uh, I'm sorry for the way I've been behaving over lunch. I don't know, Jesus ministered to him. He says, uh, if I'm going to give half my possessions to the poor, and if I cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount I cheated them out of. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Look at guys. Zacchaeus wasn't a good guy. But Jesus said, I want to come to your house. Jesus said, I want to take you to lunch. Maybe you got somebody on the job who you don't like them. Maybe you can offer to buy their lunch. They'll wonder what's going on. Sacred love is going on. You can do it. You can love others with the help of the Lord. Now, over and over and over in the scripture, it says that we're to love one another. Take a look. I want the people on this side of the congregation, just take a look this way. I want the people on this side to take a look to the other side. Just turn your head, look to the other side, okay? See, for you on this side, those are one another's. Over here, see who you're looking at? They're one another's. Now, if I were to ask you, those are your neighbors, they're fellow Bethelites. Do you know them? Maybe Bethelonians, I don't know. But we never could figure that one out. But you're looking at them. I'm going to conclude this this morning by saying we're to walk in love. And the five greatest words you can say is, can I pray for you? So what I'm going to do in just a minute, don't do it yet. I'm going to ask you all to stand up. It's not mandatory. It's not obligatory. But I'm going to ask you to participate with me. The best way I can follow up this message was with a practical application. I'm going to ask you to stand up. I'm going to ask you to turn and face each other from both sides. I want you to find somebody that you don't know. I'm not looking for you to go to a relative or a friend or somebody you know. Find somebody you don't know and when make eye contact. Go over with to them and say to them, can I pray for you? And they'll come to you, you go to them, find a place in the pew, sit down, and then pray for each other. It doesn't have to be a long prayer. It doesn't have a blunt. Share a need in your life and let them pray for you. My wife and I are going to participate in this too. But I feel the best way I could end this sermon, thank you for watching online, but we're going to, you, can, uh, you at home, call somebody up in your family and ask them if you can pray for them and pray for them today. But right here, we're going to pray for each other to conclude this service. So find somebody you don't know very well. Go ahead. Move now. Go share a need and pray briefly with each other to conclude the service.